0: Alright, and we're going out to Milwaukee, the Games and Grub Podcast.
1: Thanks for supporting the Games and Grub shout-out. Games and Grub Radio. Friendship with the Games and Grub
2: Podcast.
1: Welcome yeah.
0: to Games and Grub.
2: I appreciate your patience
0: tonight. It's been a moment since I've done some public speaking. I find nowadays it's, you know, best to keep quiet. But uh, sometimes you just gotta let it out. Young angel and young lion. Zach Passios, good morning. Good
1: morning, Aiden Hatton. How you
0: doing? I'm doing great. It is Saturday. We are back. It is October 24th. We were not here last week because of fall break. It has been a while since we were back, and I forgot to mention something last week. As we get into a little games and grove housekeeping, that I forgot to mention. But I think it's worth noting. I want to congratulate the fans of the show. You know who you are. I don't need to mention your name. We reached, last week, a total of 1,000 total plays on our podcast feed. One million. And now we're almost up to 1,100, actually, thanks to this boost from a couple of... Another housekeeping item I will mention. The pub we got from our keep showing up segment last week that was huge the the idea from our good friend jenny fisher sparked a lot of discussion and and fire on social so so thank you for that we've uh we've got to let the ideas fly and and that one affected a number of you so i'm glad you gotta you get you're 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 like a peacock Zach. you just gotta you just gotta let it fly right let it fly baby you gotta let the peacocks fly Right, so we are here now, and that was a huge pub, so again, congrats to you all that's a that's a measure for you,
1: yeah, that is a measure for our audience one thousand, thousand plays that's one
0: thousand lot. total plays on our podcast feed, and thank you, and going up, so we are almost at we're almost at eleven hundred now after see, I was gonna announce it our last show, and I forgot, and by this time, we're already up to almost eleven hundred so appreciate it, appreciate the love there. Way to go, fans. Way to go, Bridget. Let's get into our real meat and potatoes, as we say, for the show this week. Another feedback item we got last week was, remember we did our salad bar segment, Zach? That yeah. was, I, I really enjoyed that one. And it turns out <laughs> that our friend who we, who we reached out to on social media, we posted the clip like we said we would, our friend Steve Garbarino of the Wall Street Journal, Actually came back to us and in our post he commented Grub M U R crew, thank you. And <laughs> the funny part about it is, and I'm not digging at you, Steve, he wrote the words. He wrote the letters G R U B M U R. Think I don't know if he thinks like that's our name or if he thinks that's my name. I don't know how you would pronounce it. Like Grubmer yeah, he's got basically. The he's got the idea. He's got he's the just, idea. Just, uh, I I won't make I won't make fun of you too much of that, Steve. So Great work there, and let's get into the week. So, how was your week, Zach?
1: I had a wonderful week. Been running a good amount, staying athletic, hoping for a good uh, NARP of the call, for the week call this <sighs> week.
0: Do we have a? Uh, ha- did you recruit anyone to no, call in this we'll,
1: week? We'll, uh, we'll hope that someone just picks up, picks up and uh, calls this morning. Not sure who. Did I Anyone either? out there really, if you if you really found an athlete in your life this week, call in and tell us about it.
0: Please do. 414.
1: We love hearing about NARPs doing athletic things.
0: That is what we're here for. That is what we are here for as a show. We're friends with that everyone knows athletes, but the real athletes are those that
1: aren't athletes. Are
0: just average Joes on a regular basis. Maybe like Zach said, getting a run in here and there.
1: It's like a D1 radio host. We are <laughs>
0: Have we made the we definitely made the joke on the air? We are we joke all the time that we are D1 radio hosts, just like you know, Dawson Garcia is a D1 athlete, D1 uh men's basketball player in the Big East. We're we're not only we're not only D1 radio hosts, Zach, we are power five radio hosts, or if you want power to consider the Big East power 5.
1: power five basketball, yeah,
0: power five. Okay, the Big East isn't a football conference, so I guess. Power 5 is mostly a football term, right? Yep. But if you throw Speaking in...
1: Speaking of Power 5 football.
0: Speaking of. Big 10. The Big 10 is back. back.
1: Big 10 is back. So I remember hearing the news August 11th. Um, the Big 10 football season would be at least postponed. And look at them now. Two months.
0: October 24th. Yeah.
1: Nearly two months later. And they have their season back up and running.
0: I didn't. I didn't agree with... I thought I thought it was a little premature. Once they, it wasn't after week college football week one, that they said, "All right, we're coming back."
1: Yeah, it's because they finally realized they could do it after stepping down and hoping that they could take all of college football down with them, and they didn't. So I get. so props to the the real conferences out there the ACC and SEC and if you want to argue that with me you're welcome to
0: 414-288-7091 <laughs> it
1: is in the worst interest of the Big 10 to do what they did they put out a stance and they were going to sit out the season and wait till things got better or they could uh effectively have a season <laughs> and then they just decided to do it in the middle of the middle of the college football season so we'll see how it works out but uh Big 10 does start today
0: Big Ten starts today. Michigan and Minnesota is the primetime game. So if you're staying up late, that's the game on ESPN and ABC, I believe. Yep. And it is at mini. So our friend Brian Gallagher will be tuned in to his coach. Uh, what's his name? What's the Minnesota head coach? It is PJ Fleck. PJ Thank you, Fleck. Google. Um, that guy's electric. That's the reason I, I – Lake Minnesota a little bit, but I've always been I've always been a, a Michigan fan, so we'll see how that goes. But Big Ten is back. But we've been here since
1: Yeah, how about know, two that? years ago? How about that? Big Ten's back and our radio show's been going on.
0: For longer. Yeah. And next week we're gonna so this week it's funny that we have a show on the same day that the Big Ten's coming back. Next week we have a show. The same day as Halloween, so we're gonna have to bring out the stunts. I'm gonna I'm gonna tease or I'm gonna put a little question into the fans. What first of all, what are you dressing up for this year? That's a great poll question. Call us, tweet us, Instagram us at GrubMur, or you can try to vote for. You can try to give me ideas as to what I should wear, and I'll go so far as to wear it to the studio next weekend if you give me a good idea. So.
1: Is that going to be out on social media, or are we? Not? I'll.
0: Uh, I don't want to sound. I don't want to sound vain, but yeah, you can. If you have, if you have an idea, if you have a recommendation for what I should wear, what what I should go as, I'll consider it. I'll get all the submissions in, and pick my favorite one, and give that person love. So, I will wear it. I will wear it on the air. We'll, we will have. We'll have a little contest. If we get any submissions, I'll I'm have a little contest.
1: I would say that you could be a uh, front office Patriots worker right now with all the <laughs> gear you got on. So, I, just, if, <laughs> I guess that's an easy one if you really if you really want
0: it. If we were televised right now, if we were doing a simulcast on TV, you would see me wearing my Patriots ski cap, my Patriots sweatshirt, and just some sweatpants. I just walked in, just rolled out of bed, and got here. But we're here. It's that's what, that's what's most important. Yep. Um, in terms of in terms of my week. And just going back to funny things that happened this week, besides the Big Ten coming back, it it was it was a lighter academic week. Wouldn't you? Yeah. Would you the, say Zach?
1: The lull after midterms. It's almost a scary down week.
0: Oh, I. It was the opposite of scary for me. It was the most intimate peace I could I could hope for after midterms, and a couple of a couple of grades are coming up and you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of professors, and I think this will, I think this will hit with, with the college demographic. A lot of professors talk about, oh, we're only halfway through the semester and, you know, only, you know, 29 out of the 180 points can be achieved at halfway point, right? So don't, don't worry about your grade, right? Don't, uh, don't worry about what's going on.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I have that for this semester. I feel like they crammed a lot of stuff in the,
0: in that, that first, first semester? In that
1: first half of the semester. It
0: could be different this year with COVID-19 regulations, and we'll get into our friend O'Don Beckham Jr., who had a lot to say about our friend COVID. But he, he had a great soundbite that we'll play later. But from a professor's standpoint, not worrying about the rest of the semester, I had one particular professor that it just really stuck with me. He was lecturing us right at the beginning of class about this same subject all right, you know, less less points are given in that first semester. So if you're not happy with your midterm grade, you know, you know don't stress. And this is what he said to, to describe that. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, meaning don't overreact to this certain situation. But he said the phrase, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater like it was a common phrase. I've never heard this before. Have you heard this as, like, an idiom? No. I I, I can't. I I couldn't get over that one. I had to write it down and and make sure I remember. Throwing babies. It's almost, it it reminds me of kill two birds with one stone. Why are you killing birds? Why are you throwing babies out? Like, I know it says don't do it, but.
1: It's an expression for avoidable error. It's
0: a pretty gory, gory expression in my mind. The earliest
1: so. record of the phrase was from Thomas Murner in 1512.
0: So 1512.
1: Yeah, it goes back.
0: When you see, Kids are going to look in the history books and the phrase, you know, it's lit is going to come out in 2019. It was first used in 2019 it's by uh, Travis Scott. <laughs> anyway. If you've heard, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, educate me, please, because uh, I felt I felt a little aloof this morning, 414-288-7091 on Twitter, at GrubMUR, Instagram, GrubMUR as well. Today, folks, is U.S. Food Day, October 24th. That's right.
1: Big, that's like half of our podcast.
0: I, I said, you know, we're doing a show next week on Halloween, this week, we're doing a show on U.S. Food Day. That is today's national holiday. Today, not national holiday. I guess it is a national holiday, but it's also today's national food holiday, obviously. Today is U.S. Food Day. The purpose is to spread awareness for famine issues around the world and also be thankful for you know the choice foods that we eat every single day, Zach. So it's, it's U.S. Food Day. And is it time to go over the best thing that you ate this week, possibly? Was there one thing that stuck out this week that you think you had that was the absolute best, celebrating U.S. Yeah, food Day? Yeah,
1: no doubt. Uh, Costco mac and cheese. Just the Whew. the richest, easiest, most filling uh, mac and cheese you can get.
0: Costco mac and cheese. Write it no. down. Could you find many Costco's where we lived on the East Coast?
1: You can find a handful not there a, there's no it's not as much of a costco area
0: in the midwest though it's very popular i personally haven't been yet so it was only a couple of you guys that went grocery shopping the other day yeah
1: you got to come to costco
0: we have to do it as a as a unit yep. so costco mac and cheese i i did partake in it
1: costco at a call uh as a college students like going to the jungle and seeing all these beautiful things and <laughs> going to the jungle. It's it's just like a plethora of different things. Like you different swoop animals. Around. You swoop around like Tarzan. Plants are in the jungle. It's just like everything's there. The jungle. It's a whole eco like ecosystem.
0: It's okay. So it's like when an opponent goes into TD Garden to play the Bruins, like welcome to the jungle. Yeah. Okay.
1: Exactly. Okay. You got to be prepared before you walk into Costco. You can't just walk in. You got to be mentally, physically prepared to get what you're getting and get out, because it can suck you in.
0: It's like Andy Reid and Bill Belichick got to have their game plans to face each other mm-hmm. when they're ready. You got to have your play sheet ready. Kirk Herbstreit always says you got to have your first 15 plays mapped out. I know Zach just shook his head because he doesn't like Kirk Herbstreit. But what do all the analysts always say? Most teams have their first 15 plays scripted, and then they go into the flow of the game. This is, Costco is even more stricter. Where you gotta have basically all four quarters lined up, all sixty minutes. Yeah, you gotta know. And if you don't, then you'll probably lost. take more than sixty minutes. You're yeah. gonna have to play for overtime. Yeah. And you know those overtime rules in the NFL. You get screwed. Absolutely. So one one field goal here or there, one one stop on fourth down, and your bills either your bills going up, your receipts going up, or you don't get what you want. So I'm excited for this Costco experience wow. now. That was uh, was that was that, that too? Was, that was beautiful. Was too that much of a stretch. Cre- no,
1: that was a great way to describe <laughs> Costco. Costco sponsor us. Wow.
0: Sponsor Costco will give me a call at my personal phone number, four one four two eight eight seven zero nine one. That is not my personal phone number, but call us there. Also, speaking of U.S. Food Day.
1: What was your favorite? What was the best food you? Had oh yeah,
0: day? let's do this. I would say Oh, I'm coming off as really vain here. But the tacos I made the other night I think were probably it just felt it felt like the best thing I ate because it was that self accomplishment. And you know me, I'm I'm not as I don't cook as much as the rest of the people in the house as of yet, but the cook the tacos that I did make for Taco Tuesday were I thought pretty pretty Good? I'm trying to think of a fun adjective to use. Out of this world, okay, um, there you go. <laughs> absolutely the best, and it's just that feeling. Again, it's just it's ground beef, and you know, uh, I was gonna say Texas hold'em. Um, what's the what's the phrase called? Do have a caller? Do we? We? No, we don't. Whose phone is ringing?
1: Maybe mine. No. Huh, Wait. Interesting. Can you hear that? Well. Hello?
0: Who's (laughs) phone?
1: I have no idea. What what just happened?
0: (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Is it a butt dial? Yeah. Okay. It has a hand hand dial. Is she trying to get on? Should we move on? Yeah. Gone. So, Taco Tuesday, my tacos. All right, let's move on. It's uh it's US food day and, and as we think so we talked about the we're thankful for the foods we ate every day, whether it was Costco's mac and cheese for Zach this week or it was my tacos that I made this week, thanks to Pick and Saves Ground Beef. Um, we also remember those those key issues for international famine and things like that, but also so also some less serious international food issues like Panda Express opening their first store in China I've never had this Panda week. Express. You've never I've had Panda never, Express? Never had it. Brian's come home with you know what? a handful of times. Can I tell you something? Go for it. Neither have I. And? Uh, so I don't know why we're talking. So, Some people so would say, uh, why would you do this story? Some fans of the show would say, why no, would you do this story? No, because
1: it's a cultural – it's like the Chipotles of the world. It's a cultural just, thing. So,
0: yeah. So Panda Express – opened their first store in China just a couple weeks ago and just now it is getting terrible reviews. Almost a little less than 3.5 out of 5 stars and overall the place is failing. Pan Express is huge in the US. The founders themselves claim it to be an American cuisine with a little Chinese flavor obviously that uh, you know I've heard all about the uh, tangerine peel chicken yep, and all the rice bowl, chicken and rice, all of it, and it just brought me to one of the one of the clips that I thought was fit for Games and Grub this week from our man Damon Amendolara, D.A. on CBS, comparing in true Games and Grub fashion the rice from Panda Express. To an NFL offensive line, listen up.
3: Really good. And Rice also, I think it stabilizes a stomach. You know, if you go up (laughs) in the air and you are worried about your own personal turbulence, to me, any type of Rice, it glues everything together. It just, it's, it's, to me, it's like a good offensive line. You just know it's going to stabilize your quarterback play and your running back.
0: Rice stabilizes the stomach. Zach, do you think if you're thirty thousand feet in the air, would you? So they were discussing Pit Express having it at the airport, which is where they get a lot of their sales. Yep. Are you choosing to go Chinese food at an airport because no. you think rice stabilizes the stomach no. for the flight?
1: Nope. No.
0: No. I don't think so. I'm
1: going to the food that I'm I'm consistently aware of and and know how it affects me. I mean, my maybe even uh, enjoying. Uh, Join a couple of drinks at the hotel bar or the airport bar when I get old enough. That's the goal. Hopefully I'm not on a plane until turn twenty one.
0: That it. Hopefully you're not on a plane till you turn twenty one. Yeah. How are you getting home this is Thanksgiving?
1: I'll drive. <laughs> I'll run back. That is no, true. I do I do enjoy the reference though. A good offensive, good offensive. I was thinking
0: love. when they first brought it up, I was almost thinking a, a nice Frank Gore type running back that gets you your four yards every carry. But then he brought it to the offensive line, which might be a better comparison in terms of just that brick wall. I didn't realize how much I didn't realize how much rice could just glue up the stomach, not as he mentioned, give it too much personal turbulence and go from there. You mentioned the other day how a good stabilizer for the stomach could be butter
1: no no. Not stabilizer. That just Not lines, a stabilizer? Lines the Just lines a liner. Yeah. Just a liner. Just okay. a little protection. Just
0: a liner. Okay. To to bring more things in. Fair. So, internationally and in the U.S., happy food day. Raise awareness for those famine issues and be thankful for the foods we eat every day. Yeah. Speaking of international, speaking of traveling, guy who wants to travel now is our friend Doc Emmerich. Our friend. Our our friend. And I'll explain I'll explain why he's our friend. Our friend Doc Emmerich announces his retirement this week after four decades in the NHL. Doc Emmerich announces his retirement from the NHL. On, on October 24th, uh, on this day, Mike Emrick, more known to his fans as Doc, because he does have a PhD. That's how he got his nickname. Very surprising for, for an NHL announcer, Zach. has He has been the single most influential voice in hockey's existence. So, I mean, so much so that I am concerned about future NHL TV ratings solely because of Doc Emmerich. The man captivated an audience enough to make you listen during a blowout. He made you listen to his next word as if he was really in your home. And that's why I think we can call him our friend today on Games and Grub. The voice that, you know, undoubtedly introduced me and I'm sure plenty of others to professional hockey. Doc has been calling NHL games since 1982. 1982, uh, a large majority of our listeners hadn't even been born yet. I we love our we love our parent demographic. A true, a really just a true inspiration for persistence and doing what he loves. Doc decided this week it was time to hang up the mic. It was time to fulfill his dream of traveling with his family after multiple decades of. Traveling into millions of our hearts and our homes every night. Bon voyage, bon voyage Doc. 414 288 7091.
1: You want to hear a miscellaneous? Uh, Doc Emmerich is a founding member of the NHL Pronunciation Guide, which is a. Oh, I thought I, list, I went over this this week. <laughs> a list of the most difficult names in hockey that he helps uh, other broadcast other broadcasters pronounce in the correct way. So that that's, is that's amazing. The, that's kind of cool.
0: That is very I don't know how you how would you go about composing that? Is it like a book, like a world fact book?
1: Yeah, it's like a guide of, of uh pronunciations. Wow. Doc Emmerich's got it down.
0: I don't know how you that takes years and year, years and years of first of all composition. Second of all, updates. Because yeah. there's new players Constantly. coming in every year. I wonder how Hockey is probably the hardest sport to do it in, in considering the four major pro sports. But see, not even just another feather for his cap. Or is that what it's called? Feather for his cap? Or uh, ammo for his repertoire? Yep. I'm getting all my idioms mixed up. So when you use those, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater <laughs> and keep going. 414 288 Seven zero nine one. That's four one four two eight eight seven zero nine one. On Twitter and Instagram, if you're listening on the podcast, always feel free to tweet at us. If you're not live, at Grub Mur. That's Grub Mur on both platforms.
3: Great. Thanks, Adam.
0: All right, let's move on to. I was gonna say our friend. I guess he could be our friend, LeBron James. Another guy who has seen his fair share of championships besides Doc Emmerich. LeBron James. He he earned his fourth a couple weeks ago. We haven't been on air since, so oh. so I won't go over it in much detail unless say, you want I, to.
1: I told I said Miami was gonna put up a fight. They get they got a game.
0: They got another game. So the Lakers end up winning in six and um
1: not the best not the best ending to an NBA finals. Not I mean, it kinda just a blowout in the last game. Underwhelming. The TV ratings weren't the best. It wasn't. It wasn't a uh, a generational game for LeBron James either. Unless you consider the fact that it was another championship that he adds to his resume.
0: Another one. So LeBron had after that win an interesting soundbite for <laughs> for the fans after the win. And I want to play this in its entirety because it was a doozy for me. And it it, it didn't get as much national publicity as I thought it would or enough Twitter jokes. All, I'm just going to let this run. All you have to do is listen.
2: Historic franchise and to be a part of this is something that I'll be able to talk about and my my grandkids and kids will be able to talk about that their papa or their dad played for the Los Angeles Lakers. It's like playing for the Yankees and winning. It's like playing, you know, for the Cowboys and winning a Super Bowl or or the Patriots.
0: Okay, there is a lot to unpack here. Papa, are they dad? Their papa or their dad played for the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh And then also, he goes over multiple, obviously historic franchises: Yankees, Cowboys, Patriots. Are you just listing the names of all the teams LeBron has reportedly bandwagoned over over the course of his professional career?
1: Whoa, whoa, I think he's giving them just enough credit in that, in saying that they're up there with with the L.A.s. With the Lakers. Yeah, exactly.
0: But I think we've seen...
1: And I don't even think you could add all those. I think it's just L.A., New York.
0: I don't think he's been a Patriots bandwagon, but you can add in the... Definitely Yankees, definitely Cowboys... Cleveland Indians and I know he's from Cleveland uh Kentucky Wildcats no that was Drake sorry <laughs> but are are you just listing LeBron all of the all fans bad. you've you've teams you've possibly worn a hat for
2: their papa or their dad plays for the Los Angeles What's
1: Tigers. wrong with Papa?
0: I don't I understand that pop is sometimes. he <laughs> Papa's okay. I wonder if he's really decided on what he wants to be called as a father yet Is I mean, he still I imagine, figuring it out
1: No I imagine he already has it figured out Considering he called himself the king I feel like that <laughs> I mean like Come on you can't He's not going to not tell his kids what to call him If he's calling He's telling the media to call him the king
0: And that's been f- since forever But I feel like that's something I feel like that's something you figure out Before you have kids right What and I, I don't Their papa Or their dad Play for the Los Angeles. Their Lakers. or their
2: dad played for the Los Angeles Lakers.
0: I just thought that <laughs> to that's what comes to mind after you win your fourth NBA championship. Yeah, he's and thinking about his kids. You're thinking about your kid. Hey, at, at that you know I'll when you him. when you flip it in that in that way, you can't you can mock him. Mm-hmm. So, it I I I didn't understand. But then
1: did you see the Tom Brady tweet? Congratulations on four. <laughs> Did you see that one?
0: I wasn't going to bring it up, but yeah. He congratulated LeBron on his fourth ring by, again, making fun of himself, Tom Brady, with the picture of him infamously throwing up the four, but LeBron's head super, uh, super superimposed on it. So I guess he's making fun of himself there. And that is much more to my point that, of course, he forgot it was fourth down. Of course he did. Yep. So.
2: Or their dad played for the Los Angeles Lakers. It's like playing for the Yankees and winning. It's like playing, you know, for the Cowboys and winning a Super Bowl, or or the Patriots. The
0: Cowboys, Yanke- Patriots, Yankees. Is he just listing the names of no, middle middling on. big market teams Those today? Those are the best. Those the, are the best of the best. The championship the
1: the Lakers. The Cowboys.
0: The championship list since two thousand nine. Yankees. The the Stephen A. Smith ridiculed Cowboys the Tom Brady list Patriots? Mm. LeBron, this this is I mean, it's poetic stuff, really. Is, is he here's here's another thought. Is he just listing names of patriotic team names? It's
2: like playing for the Yankees and winning. It's like playing, you know, for the Cowboys and winning a Super Bowl or the or the Patriots.
0: What's next? The the Washington Nationals? the the new york liberty uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. H- how about the philadelphia 76ers the yankees obviously Amer- a yankee is an american cowboys hey
1: you're drilling into america's right team now. you're drilling into them
0: the patriots paul revere 1776 uh, sorry that was philadelphia 76ers there's i mean there just seems to be a common theme here lebron really seems to like his american history
1: hey man if you want to list the best historically like if you think about which t- franchises are like storied in their championships, I'd list out the Lakers. I'd say the Yankees. I'd say the Celtics. But he's playing basketball, so he's not gonna say that. He won't say that. Patriots, of course, just because of recency.
0: I will give I I will give him credit, and I I don't uh I don't make I don't mean to make fun of LeBron too much.
2: Just just a just a or their dad played for the Los Angeles Lakers.
0: Uh, maybe oh here it is. He's thinking he's thinking of Papa as his grandfather name. I get it. LeBron has actually beat he's actually beat me to the punch because not only does does he have his father nickname picked out, he has his grandfathers as well. And that's full circle, that's why he's an NBA champion, and I'm not. But we are D one radio hosts, so call us up at 414 288 7091 on grub uh <laughs> on social at grubmur on Twitter and Instagram get us there another guy who a lot of people put in the same breath the same sentence as LeBron is our other friend Michael Jordan if there is there's a recurring theme yes we are we are friends with all these people um, Michael Jordan this week Again, under-the-radar soundbite that I want to play. Michael went on a 2017 interview that just got released this week by Cigar Aficionado. Yes, Cigar Aficionado, the luxury brand cigar magazine that is also partnered with magazines like Whiskey Index, Wine Magazine. So uh, Michael Jordan, if you don't know, he really likes the finer things in life, especially cigars and playing golf and and winning, you know, $100 a hole. But Michael, I was going to say LeBron, Michael Jordan threw out this quote that I thought didn't get circulated enough with this uncut interview being released this week. Already is up to a million views this week. But in terms of the substance of what he said, he was talking about Tiger Woods and how... Tiger was succeeding right when Jordan's career was coming to an end. And the difference in eras between, and this could apply to LeBron too, different athletes succeeding in different eras. And what do a lot of pundits talk about in this era that there wasn't when Michael Jordan played or even when Tiger Woods was winning majors in the early 2000s? Social media. So here's Michael Jordan talking with Marvin Shankin, about if he would have succeeded in the Twitter era,
4: and then what changed between that time frame to now? Social media, Twitter, you know, all those types of things that has you know, invaded, invaded the personality and the personal times of individuals to a point where you know people have been able to you know uh, utilize it to to financial gains, things of that nature, and You know, for someone like myself, Mm -hmm. you know, and this is what Tiger deals with Mm -hmm. is that I don't know if I could, you know, survive in this Twitter comment, in this Twitter time Mm -hmm. where you don't have the privacy that you would want. And what seems to be very innocent could be Mm -hmm. always being misinterpreted.
0: Tiger played at his peak somewhere toward the end of my career. Then what changed from that time frame to now is social media, Twitter, and all those types of things. And that has invaded the personalities and personal time of individuals. Yes. It's to the point where some people have been able to use the it, utilize it through their financial gain and things of that nature. But for someone like myself, again, this is Michael Jordan, and this is what Tiger deals with. I don't know if I could have survived in this Twitter era where you don't have the privacy that you'd want and what seems to be very innocent can always be misinterpreted. Michael Jordan basically not admitting, but coming clean thinking about in his own head, could he survive in this 2010s, 2020s era of social media? And obviously he was in his heyday in basically the entire 1990s decade when Twitter was not even Twitter was an absolute afterthought. But could the the of course the question comes up: Could Michael Jordan succeed in any era? I believe he can. Yes, that, that's not that's purely not really basketball. He could purely pu- purely basketball, but I he think it brings up, up p- the question: Michael Jordan is a, it, it's not really a question. I should say now that I'm going into my take. Michael Jordan is someone that was really affected by the levels of his personal privacy. If you watch The Last Dance, in Towards the end of the, or maybe it was towards the beginning, when the team went to Paris yep. and was walking around and they got to film Michael in his hotel room. Just fixing my mask here. Michael Jordan was someone who really, A, valued his own privacy. And on the contrary, B, didn't get it because he was Michael freaking Jordan. And this clip. Just goes to show again what athletes deal with in 2020 and and yeah, for Michael for Michael Jordan to come out and be open about this I think is important because he is almost he never likes to show himself as human because he thinks that he is you know he never says that he's the greatest player ever but obviously he thinks he's you know one of the best and he's talking about a fellow great Tiger woods but you saw in that last dance documentary, I just want to bring it up. You saw in that last dance documentary, and you're seeing now that Michael Jordan, the the king of all athletes from basically the time that, you know, 10 years before we were all born, Zach, in this yeah. Marquette demographic, Michael Jordan is the one iconic athlete that, that we look to, even though we never got the chance to see him play. And even a guy of his stature on his high of a pedestal, struggled with these privacy issues and not being able to be himself. And that is something that I think we take for granted that a lot of athletes do (laughs) struggle with, being on social media all the time, having to answer to the Twitter haters. And for Michael to say that he may not have survived in this Twitter era, I think is powerful and I think should be something that could have made the news more this week. Do you have any thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, social media, sports and social media, Aiden, they, they clash and they're, uh, they're lively, entertaining, and sometimes horrible things happen online. Like, yeah, I don't know. Michael Jordan didn't live in a time of Twitter. He lived in a time of reporters asking him whatever they want in the time being. He can get peppered online now whenever professional athletes right now are constantly under the light every single second of every single day everything they've done constantly scrutinized online and uh yeah i don't i don't know i don't know where that's transitioning in sports and if it'll ever get better but it's different definitely is
0: it is different and we are going to here at games and grub and the entire sports world will Embrace the change. So if you want to talk about that, if you want to talk about my, if you want to call and tell me what I should wear for Halloween, if you want to tell us, if you've ever heard the phrase, throw the baby out with the bathwater, you can do that. Uh, we got one lyric submitted to us, Zach, that throw the baby out with the bathwater was actually a song, uh, lyric by Jay-Z and Justin Timberlake in the song, Holy Grail. You know that song, right? Yep. And apparently in that verse, Jay-Z throws out the verse, throw the baby out with the bathwater. So it's it's in writing. Thanks to Jay for that reference. So we're not just sitting here on an island. Um, but in terms of championships, Michael Jordan wins a lot of those in the 1990s. Let's talk about the current championship series going on, the World Series. Yep. And again something that may or may not be getting i think enough enough pub in in the national media at least sports media during this week but the games that that i've watched specifically game two was a win for the rays the rays got pounded in game one and then they come back game two to come back and tie up the series and last night the Dodgers get the win in Game Three to make it two-one. L.A. Walker Bueller dominated. Dodgers win six-two. But I want to go back.
1: Did Walker Bueller have tight pants on?
0: I don't know. I
1: had to mention it. The social media went crazy over Walker Bueller's tight pants one day. I don't know if it was just Barstool. I think it was a. It was a, <laughs> big, it was a big story. But he had really tight white white uh white pants on it doesn't seem like he went that route with this game
0: I'm gonna look him for, I for got a good reason. I'm gonna look it up real quick Walker Bueller, tight pants let's see Walker nothing, nothing against it at Walker all Bueller it was just election. noticed tight pants.
1: it was just noticed by a few people online that and like social media can oh. do people can get scrutinized for one person disliking something
0: those are some tight pants right? Walker I don't wow. even know how he
1: gets through his entire pitching motion with those pants on.
0: So. Uh you gotta think it helps him if he I feel like he he's purposefully doing it, obviously, right? They can't he's not just getting screwed by the equipment manager every yeah. week. No, you He's not. Walker Bueller. <laughs> I mean, this is amazing. So Walker Bueller, White uh not White, <laughs> Ta- <laughs> Walker tight pants Bueller gets the win last night, six two for the Dodgers. But the game before that, Game 2, the Dodgers took the loss. Rays went up to tie the series. And a big reason why the Rays won that game and tied the series was because the Dodgers basically threw in a bullpen game, Zach, where Clayton Kershaw started Game 1 but Game 2 they did the old strategy where if you're not familiar it's becoming more popular thanks to (laughs) coincidentally the Rays that if you don't have that fourth or fifth starter, in the po- especially in the postseason, you use your bullpen up. A lot of arms go two or three innings each, and get you through the game. And there's no real de facto starting pitcher. And I think this presents a greater discussion on baseball's popularity in America. Because do do you have any thoughts on the bullpen games, Zach? Like I do. Because what do you think it? What do you think it does for baseball? Is it good or bad that? You know, the Dodger. uh, even if you have the greatest bullpen on earth.
1: Strategic.
0: Do you like having the bullpen games?
1: I don't enjoy watching them. I imagine Dodgers fans didn't enjoy watching it, but, I mean, it's part of the game. Hopefully you can grow your bullpen to be better than what it was that second game.
0: They're, I think, the baseball world, I think, would agree that, most youngsters are being homegrown as hard throwing guys that can't necessarily go nine innings, but they can go two or three innings and blow by everybody. I think that's how young American ballplayers are being grown just by just the, you know, athletic training philosophies that they have. I'm not saying that's good or bad, but in terms of the greater discussion about the World Series ratings and baseball and and how baseball has sort of, in my mind and a lot of others' mind, fell in popularity throughout the US in terms of the four major sports. What what does it say about the future of baseball? I think that this is worse for baseball to have bullpen games, especially in game freaking two of the World Series. You don't have if you're LA and you don't have a starting pitcher other than Clayton Kershaw, that you're, that Dave Roberts is confident enough to throw out in Game 2, you have to do a bullpen game to get you through, and you lose the game, which you, know, you may win that game, you may lose that game. I'm not saying it's automatic L. But to not have a starting pitcher ready to go, and this isn't just the L.A. Dodgers. This is a lot of teams that use this strategy. And a lot of people, including myself, think the Rays are a great story and I'm rooting for the Rays to win this series, but... The philosophies that they've introduced to baseball, including the bullpen game, are sometimes just asinine. If you want to grow the game, if you want to have more eyeballs, which I do, I, I'm a fan of the sport. So in conjunction with rooting for my favorite team, the Boston Red Sox, I'm rooting for the sport's prosperity. I think all baseball fans would root for that and root for gaining ratings because that means more exposure to fans, and ultimately greater things for the game, better things for the game. Having bullpen games hurts baseball's allure because if a normal fan, if a casual fan flips on the game on a Wednesday night and you're seeing, who is this? who Zach Passios, who who's that? I'm out. But if you see Clayton Kershaw or, or David Price, or um Tyler Glass now and Tyler Glass I mean that last name you might not even know, but if you're seeing Joe Schmo out there on the field in the first inning, the the individual the excuse me, the individualist nature of America lends itself to liking players sometimes more than the teams. In the NBA. And that's what the NBA has done to me. People watch LeBron James. Billions of
1: billions of dollars. Billions.
0: And I was just going to go into this. The NBA, this is why the NBA wins. People watch LeBron James. People watch Kevin Durant. People watch Kawhi Leonard. Did you see
1: here? This is interesting. This is coming out of nowhere. The NBA has a new jersey program that if you buy a certain jersey and your player uh, is traded or leaves the team, you can get another jersey at half price. For the same player,
0: that same it's like player
1: trade in jersey program. Can you believe that
0: there was a? I think they introduced. Yeah, it's called a uh, jersey assurance. That's how
1: far the NBA goes to push that star power in the league, rather than
0: the team. That is a great point. The own NBA st- online they e-commerce yes, store yes. wants this.
1: It's it's no longer a hidden message in anything. They they. They push it. You,
0: because they know. You can't deny it. Now. A lot. They know. NBA knows that a lot of their sales comes from just straight LeBron fans or just straight Kevin Durant fans. It's and become, those two guys have changed teams multiple times and they get revenue from fans who want to follow that player. We've had people that we've known very closely, Zach uh you know Jackson Kowalski who was a part of this show at one time bigger LeBron fan than he was a Bucks fan. I'm not saying that's bad. No it's not. But because, he's because, not he's not alone.
1: And I'll put it in this perspective people have their favorite actresses and actors and they'll see a movie that comes out and they'll have to watch it. So it's it's not like it's a new idea. The NBA has just figured out how to tap into the market. Hundred percent. Of of the individualist approach
0: we talked about it. We, <laughs> I know you're gonna laugh at my Paul Markham reference, but Paul Markham, who's one of, who's a professor that both of us, Zach and I, actually share one class together, international marketing, and our professor talks about the Hofstede's cultural dimensions yep. of nations, and historically, the United States is a very individualistic. City or not, country yep. in terms of being the opposite of collectivist, it's yep. it's a very uh, sometimes it's great, sometimes it's not. It, it's kind of a doggy dog country sometimes, and and uh, I'm sure a lot of us know it. But I think it translates to the sports world more than we think. Yes, and I'm a fan of the sport I'm a fan of baseball, so I root again for the sports prosperity. And I think the bullpen game is ultimately bad for baseball's ratings because part of the attraction to baseball is especially in the World Series a starting pitcher trotting out there and looking to get seven innings part of the allure is having your favorite guy come up to the plate in a big situation if you don't know the pitcher if you don't know the guy that you're rooting for going into the mat, and you have to periodically keep changing your attention to think about, Oh, who's this next bullpen guy? Who's this next bullpen guy? Oh, two innings later. Who's this next guy? I think it I think it ultimately hurts the ratings because ultimately You need consistency. Viewers are not gonna have the patience to, you know, who's this Joe Schmo guy and then who's, you know, his brother Joe Blow coming out there for yeah. the next two innings. It it doesn't I don't think it bodes well. People like we said, the NBA, NFL, people watch quarterbacks. Some people are just Tom Brady fans. Some people Watch Russell Wilson every weekend. Quarterbacks, we always say, are...
1: Brian and I have uh, have transitioned to watching Aaron Rodgers nearly every week now. Which Some is, people uh, watch Aaron Rodgers every week. But that I, don't, I wouldn't say that's a player player thing. That's kind of just watching a generation of football. Because we know it's not going to be there for long, and we're taking advantage of, of all Aaron Rodgers has to offer to the game of football. And he's been playing amazing, besides last week. <laughs> last right. Week, uh, for the season.
0: And I think that it's ultimately, long story short, I think it's going to hurt the game in the long run. So that's where we're at with bullpen games. If you want to give your thoughts on the bullpen game, call us at 414-288-7091. Again, that's 414-288-7091. Speaking of your man, Aaron Rodgers, Zach. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers, in terms of what I was reading this week and getting caught up on my sports knowledge and food knowledge and everything in between, Aaron Rodgers' story on ESPN this week was my single favorite read. You know, book, uh, listening to Pocket Magazine, uh, you know, Twitter article that I found, any part, any any single reading I found, this was it. This was the best So I want to give a shout out to Sam Borden, ESPN senior writer, who wrote this Aaron Rodgers story leading up to um, their game against the Houston Texans this weekend. The headline, karaoke trivia and frat parties. Tales of Aaron Rodgers' inner weirdness. And a lot of fans like you and Brian and myself too watch Aaron Rodgers every weekend near religiously because they have become almost like Doc Emmerich, such a internal part of their lives coming into their house every weekend. Aaron Rodgers and I want to do a little I want to do a little story time is a really quirky guy. It is 2010. Aaron Rodgers he's going into his third season as the starting quarterback after Brett Favre. He's a pro bowler. He's a superstar. Graham Harrell, he is the backup for the Packers. They become close. And one day, Rogers tells Harrell in the huddle that he thinks they're basically frat brothers. Becomes a running joke. The pair bro-talk constantly. And very quickly, Harrell becomes amazed at the depth of Rogers' investment in this completely imaginary fraternity universe. The other quarterback, Matt Flynn, for the Packers, is now in a quote-unquote enemy fraternity. Rogers tells Harold, and likewise, it's if Flynn is better than Harold on a particular practice day. Rogers laughs and tells Harold, "Bro, you're getting paddled when we get back to the house." Rogers even names their fake fraternity, Tau Kappa Epsilon, or TKE. So one day. At Packers training camp, held on the campus of nearby St. Norbert College. We are familiar with St. Norbert, Zach, as as Wisconsinites now. Marquette actually played them in a scrimmage, first scrimmage last year in basketball. During the drills, Rodgers and Harold are going over their stupid fake fraternity again. And one of the ball boys overhears it and goes, hey, what fraternity are you guys in? After weighing... Whether to come clean about how he and the Packers franchise player have created an elaborate, fictitious scenario involving two 20-something men being in a fraternity, Harold simply says, Oh, uh, we're TKEs? He hopes that will end the conversation. It does not. The ball boy erupts. No way, I'm a TKE. Yeah, uh, TKEs, man. <laughs> and Rodgers is giddy. The ball boy's smile is ripping his own face apart. This is where it gets really bad. The ball boy invites Harold and Rogers to a mixer that the St. Norbert chapter of TKE is hosting that fall. Known as the Carnation Crush because it also involves the women of another sorority at St. Norbert, Rogers and Harold end up going to the mixer. They sit with the fraternity president and some of the brothers. They end up Just hanging out, not not taking any photos or videos, thanks to the fraternity president. And they end up playing Flip Cup, and the author has to introduce what Flip Cup is to the ESPN audience. He tells Harold in his game to be better, but then he brightens when a ceremony begins, during during which one of the sorority sisters will be crowned as a queen. This isn't even real life, bro, Harold said to Rodgers, but Rodgers gets him into it. And this whole story is full of frat parties, how much Aaron Rodgers loves trivia, how he has his own karaoke machine at his house that he invites all the backups quarterbacks to just to kick their you-know-what in karaoke every night because according to Tim Callahan, one of the other backup QBs that Rodgers had played with, he has rigged the karaoke machine to give him 100% and purposely win the game against other quarterbacks. And this whole story, again, shout out to our man um, Sam Borden at ESPN. Found all this stuff, did all these interviews with the backup quarterbacks. It sounds like And transitioning into my take on it, it sounds like an amazing attempt to change Aaron Rodgers' public appearance through the power of the media. Drafting Jordan Love, P.O. Rodgers, Redemption Tour, no more. Now it's all, pun intended, all love. So, do do I like Rodgers more after this story? All this frat party and trivia and karaoke stuff that he reportedly is so into? A little more, but but not exponentially. Zach, does Aaron Rodgers being in a fake frat with all his backup quarterbacks surprise you?
1: No, he's just having fun. These guys, uh, these guys have to have a little bit of fun here and there in their, in their intense practices and such. I can I can see why he broke away from it a little bit, and uh, I enjoyed hearing the story.
0: I think I think his quarterbacks did as well. So, if you want to call us up on that. 414 288 7091. Flip Cup. On Twitter, Mur.
1: They played Flip Cup. They would played the Flip general, Cup. Would the general audience know what Flip Cup is?
0: Well, I don't think they would because that's why Sam Borden described it to the audience. Flip Cup involves two teams of multiple players flipping plastic cups in order. Rogers and Harrell are on a team with the fraternity president and some other brothers. They play against a team of women from one of the school's social clubs. Very vague, by the way. What's a social club? uh, No
1: no idea. (laughs) That's that's a little college confidential. (laughs)
0: Schumacher and the brothers, Schumacher being the fraternity president, are very skilled. The women are even better. Rogers isn't very good, but he finally gets his cup over. Harrell is a complete disaster. He is struggling to find a sweet spot between weakly knocking his cup down and overflipping it four times in the air. The TKE team loses. Rogers is frustrated. He tells Harold he needs to quote, "be better," but then he brightens again when a ceremony begins during which one of the sorority sisters will be crowned as a queen. Wow. And Rogers jumps full bore into it when Harold is embarrassingly stepping back and saying, "What are we doing here, Aaron?" Aaron has got his got his knee on the ground and belting his Voice out, belting his lungs out to this song that's playing at St. Norbert College. This is not like, and maybe, again, maybe folk, we
1: have to go to St. Norbert's, visit, is, go to this TKE house and enjoy <laughs> what Aaron Rodgers enjoyed for a night.
0: This is Green Bay, Wisconsin. This isn't, you know, uh, Arizona State, folks. This isn't, you know, Green uh, Bay, Syracuse University. Like, this isn't a hotbed of a party school. This is St. Norbert College. And again, we may have to go visit after this uh, yeah, we if we know anybody. To. I think we know a couple of people yeah, we'll who know. We have to figure it out. And after Marquette played them in basketball, that, that earns they have Marquette's respect if they're playing him in basketball. So especially this TKE Tau Kappa Epsilon. Aaron Rodgers is in a fake fraternity with all these backup quarterbacks called Tau Kappa Epsilon. And it just so happens that the ball boy this is so coincidence and serendipity that the ball boy is not only a college student, not only has an opportunity to speak with Aaron freaking Rogers during a practice, and it turns out that he's a brother at the actual Tau Kappa Epsilon at St. Norbert College in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Unbelievable. Unbelievable story. And it just goes to show you how guys cope with, like we talked about with Michael Jordan, how these guys cope with the life of being an athlete, which sometimes is not an easy one. And it sounds like Aaron Rodgers copes by his hot takes with UFOs, his history and music and movie trivia. And it just seems like that is how he's coping with it. If you've ever coped with it, in a different way, being an athlete, being a NARP, call us up on that, 414-288-7091. Speaking of NARPs, how do, how do we NARPs cope with life of not being an athlete? We sit and watch our favorite teams, or we sit and watch our favorite athletes, as we talked about with the individual, individual, individualistic nature of America. But sometimes we just sit on the couch and watch our favorite team. Or if we have a chance, if we're blessed enough to go to the actual games, we go to the games. And what do you do when you go to the games? You usually get some nice ballpark food or some nice stadium food, right? You like this transition, Zach? Yeah. So Globe Life Field in Arlington, Texas is the home for this year's World Series, which we just talked about, and I wanted to I wanted to get into Aaron Rodgers because you just put it together beautifully, but I wanted to get back to this. When you talk about the World Series, you got to talk about the ballpark and its food. So Globe Life Field in Arlington, Texas, it was actually just opened this past year, correct, Zach? So. In Arlington, it's actually right next to AT&T Stadium. Fox has been showing the blimp cams, all-world series. It is a beautiful stadium. Really innovative idea with how they constructed it and, and the whole real estate of it is unbelievable. But the boomstick, that's right, the boomstick has been going viral. Not Nelson Cruz. Nelson Cruz was nicknamed the boomstick. During his time with the Texas Rangers. But the Boomstick is actually a menu item for Globe Life Field. That's right. It is not your normal ballpark food. And it has been going viral during the World Series. Joe Buck and John Smoltz on Fox have actually caught people on camera during the World Series eating the Boomstick. And it is one of the funniest sights to see. The Boomstick. You got to see it to believe it. Is, you really do. The Boomstick is two is a two-foot-long hot dog. It costs $26, loaded with jalapenos, cheese sauce, onions, and chili. Why would you even want to eat this? According to Fox Sports Southwest, the bun has the density of a pretzel. The dog itself, as a whole, has nearly over 4,000 calories. Zach, would you end up... Would you try this by to. yourself?
1: I would have to. Yeah. No, you get it for yourself. And, and if you, you get, get it, it for yourself? Someone,
0: yes. You think so? By yourself?
1: Do you think you don't share a hot dog with someone? That's not like a shareable thing. I've item. heard.
0: I saw a lot of tweets about, you know, Lady in the Trampet with this because it's two feet long. I, you know how much I'm a food fan. That's why. That's why we do this podcast. But... I don't think I could take this down by myself. I don't think I could. It It's too unappeti- unappetizing for one person. And if you look, and again, you really got to see it to believe it. Like Zach said, you go in and it started out as 26. It's now 2750 this year in 2020. A two-foot all-beef hot dog smothered in chili, nacho cheese, jalapeños, and caramelized onion. It weighs three Pounds. All right, maybe not. Three maybe, pounds. Maybe,
1: maybe not all by myself.
0: I'm looking at the picture Can right I take now. Can to
1: go? Hey, how mm-hmm. long is a yeah. baseball game?
0: Three or four hours these days.
1: All right, and I imagine one of these is going into extras. So you get into the first inning, you got some time. I don't know. Give Another me shot. I'd love, I'd love to see that as a, as a competition that takes place
0: during the game. It looks completely unappetizing. I, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm out on amazing. it. I, I just it looks disgusting amount. A hot dog is one of those foods that looks more and more unappetizing as its portion size increases. Yes. As we like to say in statistics and analytics and business school is that there's a negative relationship between size and enjoyment. Mm-hmm. I think having this be a big two-foot, three-pound hot dog lends itself to be less appetizing as it gets bigger. Yep. Uh Looking at the chili, come on.
1: Yeah, it looks fake. It looks like ballpark food tossed on a hot It top.
0: looks like something else, and I'm not going to say what else. It it looks like other brown stuff. And I get the, okay, caramelized onions. Nacho cheese sauce, I know it's such a ballpark staple, but it, it's, it's, it frightens me.
1: Speaking of ballpark cheese sauce, I think oh, I know.
0: We got to get to Uncle Chris, actually, because he's call calling him. in. Awesome. Uncle Chris, you're on the air. Hi guys, how are you? I'm doing great. Zach, Hello. we're doing great. Yeah, good. I, I I
3: have just tuned in for a little bit, and I think you need to somehow get a boomstick in in this studio, and you guys need to just you know sample it and see what it's all about. I mean,
0: <laughs> it could basically stretch from where we're sitting right now across the desk. Two feet, two three pounds.
3: I mean, it would. It would rip you. It would just kill you. Would, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the after effect of eating something like that has got to be just, um, catastrophic to your intestines. That's all I'm saying. Unbelievable.
0: <laughs> Unbelievable.
3: Yeah. Uh, I wanted to comment on your, uh, bullpen game thing. Um, one of of the other things, I don't know if you mentioned it, but, uh, I, I agree with you. I think the bullpen game thing sucks. I mean, if you're, if you have the payroll of the Dodgers and you can't get four starting pitchers that can go four to five innings, I mean, yeah, I'm all for having a good bullpen, but if you can't have four guys on your roster, then, you know, something's not right. I mean I just don't think that's the way to go. But right. in a bullpen game, you know how many pitching changes there are going to be? People don't want to see pitching changes. The game's are long enough as it is. Great point. So, so people don't want – I mean, I, I – on top of the fact that you don't know any of these guys, which is true, like you said before, no one wants to see commercial after commercial. There's enough breaks in baseball, right? And what are you going to do? You're going to start. Here's the other thing too. So if you're if this is the new trend, then what is it going to do to the kids that are that are between say 14 and 18? Are they going to be trained now to go out and throw 100 miles an hour for four innings? You're going to have Tommy John surgeries all over the place, and it's happening. Already you see it. There's such a spate of of people, the kids that can't throw anymore.
1: And you know what?
3: It's no good for the game.
1: So how do we solve that? How do you solve that? What's that? How do you solve that? (sighs)
3: Well, first of all, first of all, you should be limited in the amount of pitching changes you can make in a game. I think like, you know, you get, look, you get three timeouts a half, right? You get, um, you know, like in soccer, you get the last, change and stuff like that i mean you should yeah. just be limited you shouldn't be able to ha- have eight pitchers pitch in a game
1: i'm i'm nodding but i can't say anything because baseball fans will will definitely be on the defense about any change that you make with their rules <laughs> well then fine <laughs> you know what then we don't
3: change then we don't change the rules and baseball can go down the crapper and then we and then it'll just be like whoa, whoa what's what happened to baseball it's boring Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's boring it's boring to watch when you have when you're out there playing you might be having fun when you're 15 but i guarantee you a lot of your parents and stuff when they were eight, when you were eight and nine it was boring for them <laughs> to sit there and watch it okay that's the bottom line okay kids you're that right. are standing out in right field like you know picking daisies and staring you, that's why kids play other sports that's why they do stuff year-round my kids played soccer in the spring they play lacrosse all the time. I don't know lacrosse is
0: a national sport, but right. they
3: just, you know, they, they like stuff where you're going to run around.
0: Exactly. I'm, I 100% agree. I 100% agree. <laughs> Hashtag baseball is boring. Um, <laughs> it
3: is. I, I, I'm just saying, like, it, they want, they've want. talked about speeding up the game, but yet they allow all these pitching changes. So the two are not, they can't, they can't go at the same time.
0: One, something's got to give. I know I, I mentioned the the whole individualist part of how the NBA and the NFL win a lot and, and how baseball doesn't do that. But the other part of the problem with baseball, you're right, is time of game. And we just talked about how, you know, you could devour an entire boomstick. It would take you three or four hours because that's the entire <laughs> length of a baseball game. But having that be, as I said, the entire length of a baseball game is troubling because there are too many lags in the action, like you said. And as as baseball fans, and I know, and I know you are as well, Uncle Chris. We we want we want the sport to win. Yeah, I, I absolutely do. But you know, like you said, I mean, I don't. I, how am I going to get
3: uh, if I have young kids? We're going to watch a baseball game at night, and there's going to be all these changes, and I'm going to be like, okay, so who's this guy? Who's this guy? Normally, when the kids are growing up, you know, like you don't know every every guy on the team, but you know six seven guys right you
0: maybe ed- you educate your kids on who's the best player and you and educate all that. your
3: kids on who's exactly and everybody likes the star and then you might have the the guy that everyone like roots for because he's like an overachiever like a dustin pedroia or something like that you know what i mean or whoever i don't know name name someone else
0: but Ke- kevin because um, he has a funny name
3: right and he sweats so bad that it was really funny to watch <laughs> that um <laughs> but, he was the sweatiest guy in the history of baseball, right? I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, Boston uh, athletes,
0: you throw Kevin Garnett in there, and you got two of the Mount Rushmore. Oh, yeah, that's very true. <laughs> that's very true. Actually, if
3: you go back in time and watch Marvin Hagler when he used to box, he could be in there, too, and he's a, he's a Brockton guy, so you never know. Oh, perfect. But, I, you know, I'm just saying it. it it's bad, so... Um, How's the co- I want to know I want an update on the coffee thing. I didn't hear it earlier. I want to know what's going on with coffee.
0: We did. Okay, so this is this is great timing cuz I was I was probably going to tease it in the middle of the show, but we have started reaching out to these baristas and representatives from each of the shops. So I do plan to as we get on back on in our interview train, interview these shops and ask not only how they're doing and and promote, you know, the local businesses especially during COVID-19, but also why milwaukee as a city as a coffee city gets so much disrespect so look forward to those interviews and possibly a little taking initiative to to help them you know during these tough times that's that's my plan. i love it
3: i love it see you take and run with it man you'd be the voice on milwaukee coffee <laughs> i think you can run with it one last thing antonio brown to the bucks thumb uh, up some down did you hey. t- cover it uh, you may have covered it aiden, we, uh, saw,
1: aiden saw it last night and uh he was not the happiest I, camper on our couch. Read that story. <laughs> no.
0: I saw it right I'm not at a the, fan of it at all.
1: I'm not
3: I'm a not fan. I'm I'm actually I'm a, I'm a two thumbs down. Like in a way, you know, I was rooting for Brady, you know, as the, as a Pats fan, I want him to do well, but now he's now I look around and he's got like all these guys and if Antonio Brown does well, I'm going to throw up in my mouth. So I just there's no <laughs> I, don't, I have no interest in it. I do
0: no in it. <laughs> I'm with you. I I I think it'll ultimately not work out, but I, because it, it, it and this is going to be my take at at towards the end of the show. But I think that it's becoming more and more of a Patriots type situation where the Bucks are going to start. They just came off a big win against the Packers. They're feeling their oats. They're feeling competitive, and you watch Brady, and it's going to rub off on Arians too they're going to start tightening up that locker room. It's not going to be so hunky-dory. And that's where Antonio Brown came in to a New England-type environment and couldn't survive. So as the Bucks get more and more competitive in nature, I think this will ultimately hurt his chances of being on the team.
3: Yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I, I was rooting for Brady, but now, like I said, if he, all of a sudden if it, it, would, it would make me ill if uh, all of a sudden Antonio Brown comes in and now he's got, and all of a sudden he's, you know, but by, by some grace of God, he's the Antonio Brown from the Steelers, yeah. and now all of a sudden Brady has like all these guys. I mean, look at the guys he's got around. Look at the guys on the Bucks. This, this is kind of this, this is kind of bugging me today, right? When you look at the guys they have on their team, it's like they have all these guys that were former, you know, All, all Pro, right? Everywhere, Fournette and Domitien Sue Jason Pierre Paul, now Antonio Brown, Gronk, Brady. You know, I'm like, ugh, really. I don't know. Something about that bothers me. So Huge. I hope they become. The, I hope it's like the Redskins were, or well, they were the Redskins back then. I hope it's like that, where they all just implode.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we'll be watching this weekend. Uh, okay. Thanks for calling in. Any anything else left for the fans?
3: Nothing more for the fans. Um,
0: no, I don't know.
3: Go for. Oh, one last thing. Did you see that they're bubbling up in, in Mohegan Sun in, in Connecticut?
0: Is that right? For
3: there's a story out. There's a story out that there's going to be 30 teams, men and women, from different conferences. Uh, I haven't read the whole story. I saw the headline in ESPN this morning. This is what happens when you wake up at 6:30 in the morning, Aiden. And you'll know <laughs> that when you're my age. You know, you tend to wake up early. But there was a story that said there's going to be seven teams. No, 30 teams from seven conferences, um, men and women, and they're going to play like a game a day. And they're going to bubble up at Mohegan Sun. So it's an interesting concept.
1: Yeah,
0: it's right. It's right on, in all of our backyard, right there in uh, Mashantucket, yeah. Connecticut. Perfect.
3: Exactly. So I don't know if it, it might be something to look into. We could talk about it next week. But you guys have a good one. All right.
0: Perfect. You too, Uncle Chris. Thanks. Take care. Mm-hmm. Bye bye. All right, Uncle Chris, coming in like a hurricane, just comes in, destroys the studio, leaves.
1: Yeah, I remember hearing that? Go into that NCAA story. I remember please. hearing the story, but I didn't. I didn't look into it completely because they're still debating on whether they should hold those tip-off games in a certain way. So Marquette withdrew from what? What were they? Whatever preseason tournament they've been in. Most teams in the preseason tournament yeah, withdrew their teams. withdrew their places. But over thirty college basketball teams to play in Mohegan Sun bo- bubble for like a preseason tournament non-conference uh-esque thing
0: so this would be pretty soon then we're getting to november November 25th so a week from tomorrow a month from tomorrow folks uh, college basketball is here wow (laughs) that is unbelievable and i know the season started late they pushed it because of covid19 if covid did not happen college basketball would be right around this late october early november I remember last year, this St. Norbert scrimmage, again, speaking of St. Norbert, TKEs, shout out. The first scrimmage was right around this time last year. Think about how we've come 365 days since then. Unbelievable.
1: The, uh, the logistics for a bubble like this, uh, and even Mohegan Sun said it's not going to be a perfect bubble. It, there it, is going to be It concerns some, you? It, it does. The it's it's tough to bring 30 different teams in logistically all coming from different areas around the country playing each other constantly. And they don't have the facilities like uh, Disney did to have everyone on site. So they are kind of moving a little bit off site and then coming on site just for the games after extensive testing, I imagine, but right. Still, absolutely. And, and the, everything that I've read, at least from a real estate perspective and from HVAC systems to Density tracking like we've learned about in the past couple weeks. Like, yeah. They're going to have it all on. on uh.
0: A lot of ventilation, a lot of heat maps yeah. where people are. It'll be interesting. But as college basketball fans and as sports fans, we will be here. At Games and Grub, we will be here for you. So call us up. You can follow Uncle Chris up at 414-288-7091. On Twitter at GrubMUR. On Instagram as well. Yeah, Antonio Brown. This was going to be my my sort of cherry on top story, but we talked about Aaron Rodgers and two other guys that were in the news, two of the NFL's most diva-like wide receivers. Antonio Brown and Oda Beckham Jr. Uh, Antonio Brown for obvious reasons. He just signed reportedly a deal with Buccaneers. Two words, Tom Brady. Three words, they are friends. Four words, that is the reason. Five words, this will not work out. Why? It's it's just looking as I I mentioned to Uncle Chris. What were you saying?
1: I love how you think it's not going to work out, but Uncle Chris doesn't want it to work out. I see two different different perspectives, (laughs) and I don't know. I definitely don't want it to work out for any reason at all. But I don't want it to fail. I, I don't love, want it. To see if I don't he, if want it could, to
0: fail. I don't think it will succeed. That that's where I'm at.
1: How long it, was he in the New England organization? One or week. One week.
0: Eight days, I think it was something like that. He played one game. He caught one touchdown.
1: All right. Does he go over or under?
0: More than I. I think he goes more than one week right. for sure because ultimately New England's culture is a lot stricter than Tampa's. But here's, here here's where I was going with Uncle Chris it's looking more and more like a carbon copy of the Patriots situation because the one difference between those two organizations, the Patriots and the Buccaneers, was their competitive nature. I think obviously Bill Belichick lets his players have no margin for error and fooling around. This has been going on forever. But the Bucs seem to be a more lax situation, which is why Tom Brady likely chose Tampa Bay you know, this offseason. But this is where I see the convergence as we talk about in economic growth and development, Zach. Here's another Marquette Business School reference. Convergence between two different economies. Tampa Bay just picked up a big win over the Packers last weekend, as I talked about to Uncle Chris. That entire roster, and I'm going to believe Bruce Arians too, are riding high, thinking, especially that defense, thinking they're a competitor in the NFC, and that lax culture is going to start to go away. But let's get to our next caller. I
1: think
0: we got a right caller now. for uh, NARP of the Week coming in.
5: Caller, you are on the air. Games and Grub, best podcast on the planet. How we doing?
0: I'm Ollie. <laughs> That's going to be part of the new intro right there. I love it. <laughs> oh. oh, boy. Um, well. I
5: just want to call in and talk about um, NARP of the Week.
0: NARP of the Week.
5: Um, after much consideration and much debate this week, I believe I have to give it to um the mr zachary passios um i'm
1: waving around the room thank you thank you he's doing his little he's queen. been
5: putting in work um i almost dared to challenge him on our apple watches to a seven day challenge and i'm really <laughs> happy i didn't because i would have regretted it he's been putting in miles so very proud of you zach
1: thank you very much molly
0: was you there have, was there any honorable mentions or was it was it a landslide
5: um honorable mentions um you don't have to Brian, I believe Kendall because yep. Kendall's been running with him a lot Matt's been putting in some work
1: I believe Brian um, said he would run a, or swim a 5k so that's honorable mention just for saying that he would do it speaking into existence
5: well, Brian and Matt I do have to vouch for them they've been killing intramural volleyball so, <laughs> honorable mention those two. And Aiden, we, you got to pick up. You got to pick up some slack, bud.
0: I I have been slack in the past couple weeks. Can I we will not to, uh, lie. <laughs> I've been more of the you know, not as much of a physical health. More just getting my, getting my mind right for school.
1: Can we get a real quick thank update on uh, Marquette track and field? Uh, have you begun practice, and how is that going?
5: Um. Thank you for asking. Yeah, practice started mid <laughs> September. For it's been going well, except yesterday. Um, typically on Friday, we always run hills as a team together with our masks on, of course. Mask yep. up Marquette. Mask up um, Marquette. We
0: are masked up right now.
5: You <laughs> can't even tell. We love to hear it. Um, and it was very cold and rainy. So hopefully we get one more day of hills in and um, then we'll start to move indoors. So it's been going great. Thanks.
1: Awesome. Great to hear. Thanks for calling in, Moles. We are Marquette.
0: Mask up Marquette. Congratulations, Zach.
1: Bye
5: boys. Take care.
0: Take care. We love you.
5: Perfect.
1: NARP of the week goes to me. on <sighs> not Antonio Brown.
0: Not Antonio Brown. So that's Antonio that's Brown game. is actually back to being athlete status now. He's no longer a NARP.
1: That is wow.
0: <laughs> wow. If you think about it, Antonio Brown was actually NARP for the past like year and a half. Except for that one week at being a patriot. Yeah. Think about that. Wow. But now you're taking over that title. Congratulations, Zach. You were an ARP of the week. And it's well-deserved. So. Uh, Thank you. We just got a submission in. Will, does this make the Bucks Super Bowl favorite after signing Antonio Brown?
1: It should. Like Uncle Chris just listed should all it? of those big names. All the big names they usually contribute to a to a pretty good odds. I think on, if uh, this was on a Super Bowl title,
0: I think th- if this was Antonio Brown's first comeback, you know, if the Patriot failure didn't happen, then I bet it would be. But I think this doesn't put them over the hump of being the Super Bowl favorite now because we know. How much uncertainty comes with Antonio Brown? I,
1: g- I give him some credit for trying again. How about that? He could, just, oh, 100%. he could just go out there and not not do it, and he knows what went wrong last time, and he's giving it another shot. And
0: he's giving it he another can't dock shot. Dock him for trying. And again, I'm I'm not going to go so far as to say I I hope it doesn't work out. I I hope it does because we do we do watch, uh, you know, as as we watch Aaron Rodgers every weekend. Yeah. I try to watch Tom Brady every we'll, weekend. We'll so enjoy some really good football. We will enjoy some we'll, really good football. And you
1: know what the best part about the really good football this week the vikings don't play so we <laughs> don't have to watch any really bad football
0: so so that's where we're at 414-288-7091 and again thanks to thanks to uncle chris i was going to get to that milwaukee coffee update until we got to his call but we are in talks with plenty of uh representatives Zach to get this on the chain I just to name a few Wonder State, Fairgrounds, Pilcrow, and Coffee for Wellness just to name a few go google them we will be interviewing we have some really cool stuff coming up soon that I'm really excited to announce when it's time but it's all in the works right now so we are going to be as as Uncle Chris said we're going to try to be the undisputed Voice of Milwaukee Coffee. Voice of Milwaukee Coffee. The voice of Milwaukee Coffee. So we've talked about St. Norbert. We've talked about Halloween. We've talked about Flip Cup. We've talked about Antonio Brown. Food of the Week. Food of the Week. NARP. The, the Boomstick. All this other stuff. Speaking of NARP of the Week, not only is Antonio Brown not only NARP anymore, but we are blessed, Zach, to be able to to go back in the archives and I want to do a little segment this week called full circle because this week it's almost like a, this day in mothership history, this day, this week in, games and grub history. in a games and grub history last week, this week, I should say this week in G and G history, we had a NARPA of the week submission from Kenny. That was one of our most famous NARPA of the weeks ever and it came across my timeline again this week. I went back in the archives and found some stuff. This was Kendall Frimmer calling in for NARP of the Week this week last year.
5: Okay, so our NARP of the Week choice was Aiden because he bought a pair of running shoes, even though they're not real running shoes. Oh, I, I do it. What?
0: Aiden. Aiden, buddy, we told you to buy pegs, and you didn't. Yes, pegs are did. the only Rachel, running shoes in the yes. universe.
5: Rachel and
0: Molly are here, too. Hi. Hi. Who? Molly. Rachel so, and Molly. Rachel and Molly. Okay, so we got three so out we got, of four.
1: Did you all three vote Aiden this week, or was it like a two to one?
5: No, I was split between Gallagher and Yost. Oh, oh.
1: sweet. Yeah. Awesome. High five. We, we got know. half a vote each.
0: One week ago today, or one year ago this week, NARP of the Week. And
1: you still have the shoes.
0: And I'm Lincoln still Men. wearing those
1: same running shoes. Yeah, I don't know Congratulations why. Congratulations to me on we're, that. We're going to have to put out a movement on uh, Games and Grub social to get Aiden to change his running shoes to anything but the joyrides he has. But that's okay. Aiden's looking good out there with the little balls under his uh, shoes, whatever's in those shoes. They look silly, but... Gets it's, the job done. It's been one working.
0: Year. We'll see. Um. I, as Molly said, Molly called me on it. I haven't been as as athletic as I have been, focusing on some other things. He's
1: Been grinding on coffee.
0: Been grinding on coffee. Yeah. Pun intended. Absolutely. Grind up some. Grind up some beans. <laughs> so, that's where I'm at. We're uh we're trying to all be safe during this crazy time. All this co- all these COVID regulations, and as we wrap up the show, one guy that doesn't really, I don't, I don't want to say doesn't care about COVID regulations, but he does not feel that COVID is a worthy opponent of his. And that's Odell Beckham Jr. I just teased it a little couple minutes ago. Odell Beckham Jr., just recurring recurring theme today of sound bites that didn't get enough play this week. Odell Beckham Jr. is not scared of COVID. I
2: don't think it's going to enter this body. Uh, I don't want no parts
0: of it you don't want no parts of me I think it's a mutual
1: respect all right, Odell all Beckham Jr in, um, I'm done hearing professional athletes talk about it and, in, the, in the way that they do I don't ways. think
0: COVID can get to me her
1: I, cousin said that if I die I die I don't that think, think it's awful. going to
0: enter I don't think it's going to enter this body I don't want no parts of it they don't want no parts of me it's a mutual respect Yeah, that's... a mutual respect like a like a business relationship, like you know your your opponent in court, mutual respect. That that's what you say to your weekend warrior buddy after 18 holes on the golf course. You play 10 bucks a hole plus a little side action, and you know four hours later you're down 200 buckos on a Friday afternoon. You you admire their character, mutual respect. Mutual respect is what you say to you know your YMCA basketball pickup opponent. Mutual respect is probably what Apollo Creed probably said to Rocky Balboa after that second fight. Mutual respect. Mutual respect.
2: Me, I think
0: it's a mutual respect. Mutual respect.
1: Say it again. I can't get over it. Honestly, I don't think Let's, that's just awful. As a PR person, uh, run I it.
0: I wouldn't be able to... Run it back, Turbo. I don't
2: think it's going to enter this body. Oh my. Uh, I don't want no parts of it You don't want no parts of me I think
0: it's a mutual respect Mutual respect Odell Beckham wants COVID To put some respect on his name When you say my name Put some respect on it
2: me? When y'all
0: say my name Put some respect on it Put some respect on it I, I think Odell thinks COVID Is the number one corner He's got to face on the field this weekend No Odell y- You don't have to beat COVID On crossing routes Alright It's not respect Odell it's not, it's not respect.
2: Understand me? When y'all saying my name, put some respect on
0: it. There's no respect factor. I just want to let you know. It's it's called safety, not respect. So, Zach, I I just want to let you know. I I really respect you, but you don't want any part of me, and I don't want any part of you.
1: Hey, let's be safe. Everyone, enjoy your weekend. Be ready for Halloween next week.
0: Be ready. We will be here on Halloween day. And again, congrats to all of us. Congrats to the fans on yeah. Thank you 1,000 total plays and a great show this morning. Way to go, Bridget. Way to go, y'all. So that'll do it for us this morning, or this afternoon, I should say now. Get us on the podcast feed everywhere you listen to podcasts, on Twitter and Instagram, at GrubMUR. And next week on the phones at 414-288-7091. Have a great weekend, everybody.